Welcome to the Nitty Gritty, where we challenge conventional thinking. Join us as we explore real life, real people, real stories, and how pushing back can make all the difference. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Nitty Gritty. We have Jenna Rammel with us here today. Hey, y'all. And you are more known as at Jenna's Kitchen. Yeah. That's how most people know you as. Yeah. And you were just saying, do people think your last name is Kitchen? Totally. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it started out like I was doing a ton of recipes, cooking a lot. And now since then, I've had four kids. So I always say we just, you know, are in the drive-thru. There's not many recipes on there anymore. (laughs) But the name stuck and I'm attached to it now. So So Jenna's Kitchen it is. Yeah. So, so I missed that. I was, I was texting Annie to tell everyone to be quiet outside the door. Okay. So, cause I was curious about the kitchen part. Yeah. So it started out like doing a ton of recipes. I was, okay. I was, um, I kind of like caught speed with whole 30 and I was cooking a lot that way and, right. and, um, and paleo and things like that. And so, um, and now I do none of those things. (laughs) And, but I think what's cool is that it teaches me, you know, people get really stuck in why people are there, but if you know why you're there, people will follow that journey along with you. You don't have to be so stuck in your ways of like, well, I started this Instagram or started this business doing this exact thing. You know, I think as long as you're true to yourself, then as cliche as it sounds, the people have, come along with me for the ride. And they're like, we don't know what she's doing today, but we're here for it. So it's been a cool experience to watch that That's happen. Cool. I think people are, they yearn for authenticity. It's hard right? to They like out. real. And yeah. some of the posts I read through last night of yours, you, you get, you get real, I'm real, which is awesome. And that's what <laughs> a lot of people are too scared to do that. And so I think they really respect, I get a little too real in church sometimes. But at the end, everyone always comes up like, oh, thanks for having the guts to talk about that stuff. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I think that's what, you know, people want that. Because there's so much of social media that's not real. Not real. Everything's filtered. I'm like, man, your skin looks great. Oh, yeah. I downloaded this new app. It's way better than the lotion that I use. Or yeah. exfoliant. I don't know what girls use to make their face look good. But so, yeah, I like real. I, I think that it's what people want. Totally. And I think we can find ourselves like those comments in church, it's like you find yourselves in other people all the time. For sure. And that's what I find with my message and my Instagram and the way I am on social is I always get messages saying, these are the things I feel that I can't articulate. And I, I have always been really good at writing and it's always been exciting for me. And I always wondered how will this be a gift for others? And I think that I get the chance to be a voice for so many just don't even know how to express themselves. So you having the guts to express yourself matters because someone's sitting in the audience saying, I don't know how to say this, but you did. Right. That's what's been so fun with the podcast is different guests have come on and you are, our listeners are finding their story kind of through their, through the guest story. Right. You know, they connect with different things and different things relate to them. Um, but kind of a, a rewind a little bit so we have a funny history because so we met I a mean, hundred years ago. i mean <laughs> before we before my wife whose name is jenna yeah even got married yeah. so we were looking at a townhouse married to you married to me right for now i Let's thought we should clarify that yeah for now we should clarify that so the realtor if do you remember dave malpy never forget him 
I've never can still met hear a man. his voice or and laugh outside the house. Yeah. And he's got the most amazing memory. Yeah. So like, this was a townhome community. There was a ton of units, but if you walk in and said anything, he had it memorized. And so we were going in at the time. I was still doing summer sales, and we were going to buy it. I was going to go out for a summer, and then we were going to come home, get married, and move in. And he was like, "Oh, you should meet the other Jen and Andrew that do summer sales." And we're like, "Hold on, what?" <laughs> so your husband's name is Andrew. Yes. Does summer sales? Wait, is that true? Yes, it's true. I didn't know that. Well, hold on. So wait, it, it gets, gets better. Weirder. Wow. So their first son was a boy born December thirty first. Our first son is a boy born December thirty first. That's yeah. freaking weird. <laughs> yeah, we're living at the same place, Andrew and Jenna. Andrew and Jenna. <laughs> December 31st, December 31st. Both husbands do summer sales. There's something else. There was there was something else I feel like too. And I don't remember what it was. I mean, now, fast forward, you went boy, boy, girl, girl, right? Yeah. We went boy, boy, girl, girl with That's our four right. kids. That's right. <laughs> there, But there's something else. If Jenna were here, she would know. There's something else. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. So you dated a lot of horrible people before you met your husband? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. Just parallel lives. There's <laughs> another thing me. that we have in common. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. That's just me making fun of Jenna's, my sister-in-law, Jenna's high school boyfriends. Oh, were they bad? <laughs> yes. They were not up to snuff, especially compared to Andrew. The bar was... We'll All just, Andrews we'll are good that. people. I am convinced. Yeah. Really? I'm just kidding. My best Your friend's best friend name is, is Andrew. Andrew. Yeah, I mean, Andrews are good. But I mean, is he really a good person? I don't know. I love him. I'm just kidding. He's great. So anyways, so we have a lot of weird... Yeah. Like, our webs crossed very <laughs> many times. Um, yeah. But as we were going through and kind of thinking of guests, I've always been intrigued by kind of what's going on. Like what it is that you're doing. Cause Jenna's obsessed with you. She loves you. I love her. And she's always talking about things that are going on. And so I thought it would be fun to kind of come on and kind of maybe get a little bit of your backstory. I don't really know much prior to like how you became you. And so, I mean, where did you grow up? How did you become who you are today? Oh my gosh, that's like a broad question. I mean, where do you even start, right? I claim Provo as home, although I moved here when I was 14. So um, we lived all over the world, the Middle East, particularly for my dad's job. Yeah, Jordan, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. So yeah, so I, and it's like this, do you, like when we talk about that townhouse life, newly married it I feel like I've lived 700 lives does anyone feel that way I like I'll remember a job I had or a place I've been and I'm like wait yeah that happened and I totally spaced it but kind of that part of my life feels like this world I've forgotten but I think I know so much of that has shaped who I am as far as creating connection with people that I don't understand or really have much in common with, but I'm wanting to have a friend or I need to, you know, get out of my comfort zone. And so I've always kind of been the new girl. So what did your dad do? So he worked for our church and for BYU. He's the director of the Middle Eastern Studies Arabic program. So he's done a lot. Your dad's really smart. He's really smart graduated from Harvard in in Arabic and Middle Eastern studies. He's Jeez. incredibly oh, wow. ta- like incredibly smart. And so he has a PhD from Harvard. So I'm really proud of him. I'm proud to be his girl. But I, you know, he 
taught me to love so many people of so many different faiths and, and cultures and, you know, money, no money doesn't matter. So he really kind of broke down those boundaries for me as a child and all my life. And I mean, especially growing up, you know, as a Latter-day Saint, that's unusual. You know, people a lot of the time have an opposite experience where they're a little more closed-minded maybe, but I'm grateful for that because I think it's really taught me about people and that we all have so much more in common than we do that's different. As he was out there, I mean, you don't really get much different on the polar sides of kind of religion than being in the Middle East and, you know, did you notice were people open and accepting or were they kind of shut off at first? Like when you were trying to meet people and they found out kind of who you were and maybe what you believed? Yeah, I had, in fact, my entrance essay to BYU was about this story, but I was in the eighth grade in my choir class and there was a substitute that day. And my friend who was Muslim, we got on the topic of religion. It's a private school. We, we would, I mean, religion was a huge topic of conversation because there wasn't the same. It was an international school. So there were people from all over the world in these schools. And she asked the substitute teacher, I do not know why, because we maybe we'd have been having a conversation about it. But she said, do you believe that Mormons are Christian? And the substitute teacher in front of the entire class, she was like a Methodist or I can't remember exactly what she was. She was very opinionated about the fact that we weren't. And she went on and on and on. And I could remember my my chest getting hot and my cheeks getting warm. And like these tears started to fill my eyes as I felt like I was being attacked in this class in front of everyone knowing that I was a Mormon and she didn't know that I was. And... This girl, Natasha, my friend, she stood up and she stopped the substitute teacher dead in her tracks in the eighth grade and said, my friend Jenna here is a Mormon and she is such a good person and I believe what she believes. And that was hugely impactful for me because she doesn't believe what I believe. She's Muslim and I'm Christian and I'm Mormon, but we were just working together based on the people we were, not the religion we were. So that was a really powerful experience for me as a kid. Is it something that you kind of think back on a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely shaped who I am because I don't see people for what they believe, but just how they show up. Right. How did your parents. I parent, like that line a lot. How, how they, they show, show up. up. That's yep. good. That's cool. How did your parents help teach you that? I think it's easy, especially, you know, in different religions, especially when you work for that religion to kind of be closed-minded. So how did your parents help you be open-minded to to different things, to different beliefs? I mean, we always had people. I mean, my mom is like a collector of humans and like at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, we'd all be annoyed. Yeah. Look what I found. Like we'd all be so annoyed. Like who is this person at our Christmas dinner? But she just did that. You know, she'd bring in whether we were there um, overseas or here, you know, locally where we have tons of college students that can't afford to get home to their countries for Christmas. We would have them in our home and 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 we would go to mosques and we would have these interfaith Sundays where we would visit the assembly of God that was on our road growing up. And and we would go to these different religions. My dad was just never afraid to show us what there was for us because 
it's our decision to make. And he knew that and he wasn't afraid and they weren't afraid to show us the world. They taught you to respect the differences in other people, right? As opposed to kind of being scared of the differences Yeah. to be aware of them, respect them and, and appreciate them. I would imagine. Yeah. So, um, I think we miss out on a lot of that here. Like, you know, I grew up in Southern California. I think I, there was three Mormons in my junior high. Yeah. And it's just like, I never even thought twice about that until I moved here. Right. And it's just, so I think that it's a very beneficial experience to be able to, especially where you were. Yeah. I, I struggle with my kids with that. I'm like, right. how do I, I'm here. How do I give them these? Cause we moved from California two years ago and I'm like, how do I give them this, this experience that, that they've had in California and I had growing up, you know, and I'll see someone with a hijab, the covering, the head covering, and I will run them down if I see them in Provo, Utah. I'll be like, you are beautiful. Where are you from? Like, I will be like, I just want, I'm, I crave just being able to, to get to know people who are different than us. Right. Very and cool. I, it's here. If we look right. for it, it's here. Right. But it's har- it is harder. I think it has to be a real conscious effort. Sure. 100%. So as you're here and you kind of starting to get into married life and having to become an adult and <laughs> you were, you started doing all sorts of stuff. Like yeah. Jenna was telling me, she was like, yeah, like when she first met you, I think she would call you and get help on like graphic design. I think you designed like probably some of our kids' baby blessings yep. or birthday cards or stuff totally. like that. Like how did you get into that? So Andrew was doing the summer sales and I had one baby and we lived on this third floor apartment. I had no car, you know, that the summer luxury sales life. life. <laughs> and I was alone a lot. And I just started blogging I just started talking about what we were doing. And then I wanted prettier pictures. So, so why did you start blogging? I'm always interested to hear like the people who started it when it yeah, wasn't like a thing. Right. Oh, I've been blogging forever. Uh, I mean, connection, right? Like that's the weave through my whole life story is this craving for connection to be seen, to see others. Um, I was just, I've always been fascinated by that. And, you know, I think it started out like the parents were not with us and this was our first baby. And so it was like, you know, talking about all the milestones. So that's kind of how I started blogging. And then I thought, "Mm, I just want prettier pictures. So I got a camera and I took an an online course, which at the time online courses were rare and and not a thing. And I taught myself photography and then I taught myself design because I wanted to figure out how to make my blog prettier. And I thought the standard way was just ugly. (laughs) So I went to the school of YouTube and I think that's just been something that I've done over and over and over again is say, I want to do something and I'll learn how. So, the school of YouTube. Man, yeah. you're giving me all sorts of new ways to describe things because yeah. we always talk about, you can learn anything on YouTube, but I've never heard it referred to as the school of YouTube because yeah. I go to the school of YouTube all the time. Yeah. Oh, I can. Yeah. I'm going to start writing the these down. The things I've tried to learn on YouTube yeah. <laughs> will go to my grave. <laughs> so as you're making your blog pretty, at that point, was it just you wanted it to look better for you? Did you start to see yeah. like business opportunity out totally. of it? Totally. I just saw people being, you know, really struggling with that and not figuring it out and saying, Hey, can you make a header for me for my blog or can you make this prettier? And so I started my graphic design business and I did logos and templates and 
and um, cards and baby announcements. Again, this was like just a hundred years ago. Feels to me. Yeah. Um, and from then on, that I mean, that really started my community. I think. I mean, some people have followed me from that time. When you're making. Oh cards. yeah, from I mean, my my oldest is ten, so he he eleven on New Year's Eve. So, I mean, they've been around following my story for a really really long time so that's kind of how it started and then um that was even like pre-real social media oh there was no instagram you know i mean that wasn't around that wasn't a thing we just found each other it was so bizarre the blog world that back then it was just kind of like you knew about blogs it was word of mouth i mean there's original bloggers from back then that i still follow that i don't know how i heard about them because we didn't have Instagram at the time and yeah. Facebook was kind of it wasn't what it is now it that's is, no sure. people didn't share new. the way they do yeah so it's crazy the you know and that's why it's so funny when people are like I don't have a following so I don't have an influence and I think that's so untrue think I think of all the things I've heard about that weren't online for some reason we think it's kind of our only modality for influence these days that's so, true that's a great point uh, I mean Word of mouth we forget matters. about we forget about real life. Yeah, yeah the real right. people behind the right. profiles. The connection isn't just right. that number, right? It's how many people you've talked to, or you know, know about something that you do, or yeah, yeah, it's a good point. So when you were doing it, is it something that you just wanted to have? Not like a side hustle because a mom is a full time deal, you know. And so, like as you were doing it, as you're creating these businesses, what? what in you wanted like made you do that stuff as opposed to just kind of being okay not doing it i mean i've always been super money driven i love money i think it's great and i didn't really subscribe or love the idea although it works for so many of being the stay-at-home mom with relying on andrew's income and with sales it was just never reliable for us like it was always up down sideways it just never made sense and for me those were huge triggers for me, not having access to my own money, not having a way to command that into my life for things I wanted. And so it started out just being like, I want to go to Target and have no one up, you know, on my butt about it. <laughs> That's all I want. That's what Susan Peterson said. She's like, like, I just wanted to go to Target yeah. and buy whatever I wanted to yeah, buy. Just a hundred dollars right. and leave me alone about it, you know? <laughs> And so it started there. And I think, I think it's, you know, we, we talk about these whys and we talk about these purposes behind business. I think people, especially women are really ashamed to say that it would be money. They think it puts down their husband or their partner. They think it's worldly and not acceptable, but we need money to, to bless our lives and bless the lives of others. We just do. And so that's kind of how it started. I started just taking clients and then, um, when did, when were you okay, like being willing to say that? Uh, like last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, probably like in the last two years, I finally accepted. I, you know, I think we all grew up with these money stories. Right. What our parents believed about money, what our religions believed about money, what our cultures believe about money. And to break out of that requires a lot of work. I don't know. Do you guys have money stories? Oh, tons of them. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, did you grow up with enough. your mom saying, I can't afford this over and over again? Always. The, the question After they was, got divorced, yeah. Like, I, I still remember the first pair of Nikes I got eighth grade for basketball. Never forget it. 
I was a pay less shoes guy always growing up. And I remember when I got my first set of Nikes and it's been downhill since then. <laughs> <laughs> the love of shoes began. Yeah. But I think we grow up with these, these patterns about money and what we believe. And there's so much more than the truth. In fact, they're, they're not real. What they're helped, just stories. What helped you get there? Uh, about, about, I would say four years ago, I started making more money than my husband. And that's when I had to face kind of what that meant, like in our marriage and our relationship amongst our friends, our family, our culture. Uh, it's against the norm. I think it's, it's normal for some, um, or what is it? What? Mentally neuropathy. What is oh. it? What's the word for normal? Neuroty- neurotypical. It's, that's is the that ADHD. Right? <laughs> okay. that, that's more talking about the ADHD <laughs> brain compared to the... Now I can't say normal. It feels right. like not right, not politically correct. <laughs> anyway, the average, let's say. Right. Well, if you're not normal, you're not normal. And that's, you know... No one's like, normal. Well, no one the- is normal. And that's the thing, like, to call someone normal, yeah. that means you're calling the other person not normal. So, yeah. That's yeah. why I think that neurotypical thing came up. But yeah, side right. tangent. Sorry. It's great. It's Jenna's fault. It's my fault. No, I <laughs> I did. I sent us. You can edit that out maybe. I don't know. We don't edit here. You don't edit. Great. Unless I say the F word, which hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So we're good. <laughs> so I think that I had to face kind of what that looked like and kind of the stigmas that it was breaking for both of us. Did he care? Did it bother him? I wish he was here to ask that, but I would say no. It didn't right. bother him. Did it bother you? Yeah. 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 I, I think for a long time I tried to hide it. Like I'm just a cute stay at home mom, like with this little side hustle and like, it's so precious, you know, and I tried not to step in and own the fact that I was, you know, making multiple six figures through my businesses. I, I just was afraid of that and what that meant for me. And I think I always wanted a way to back out. You know, and as I started to make more money and more money and our, you know, it was kind of like we began relying on this money, right? Because as you just make more money, you spend more. Sure. So. More money, more problems. Yeah. (laughs) So I think I was kind of holding on with like just my grasp to I could leave this if I wanted to. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. I needed that kind of open-endedness. And so. You seem like you're very sensitive to other people's feelings. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think that is a a very, very amazing trait. But like if my wife made three times as much money as me, I'd just be like, this is awesome. I would be all about it. I would really want to ask him. I would say that too. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie. There would be a part of me be like, I got to do better. You know, do you know who stands out talking about this is Todd Bullock. Yeah. So we had, I don't know if you know who Hey Grill Hey is. Yeah. Love her. So Susie's a good friend of mine. Yeah. And we had them on. And we, we, you know, anytime where a husband and wife works together, I feel like, because Johnson Files, they work together. You're, you and your husband now work yeah, together, Yeah, we work right? together, yeah. I always think it's a fun dynamic. So I had Todd come in with Susie. And he's the most, like, braggadocious dude. Like, he brags. And it's so genuine. Like, <laughs> he cute. got to quit his job as an accountant. Now yeah. he works, you know, in essence, for her. And he just loves every second of it. And it's funny because we had that talk like, yeah, I would struggle. I don't know that I would struggle with my wife making more money with f- than me, but I would definitely struggle being like the stay at home dad. I couldn't well, do it. There's no way. Yeah. And we, it took us a while to transition and figure out what was next for us because right. at some point it just didn't even make sense for him to like 
because at the time we were doing solar in California. Right. So it didn't even make sense anymore. For Is that to, what took you to California yeah. with solar? Okay. Yeah. We couldn't, I mean, yeah. the, the life story would take a hundred years, right? <laughs> but anyway, somehow we found ourselves in California. And at that point, he'd kind of started another side business where he was doing solar leads, you know, through a call center. And so he was making some money that way. And it just didn't make sense for our family anymore. And we right. thought, what is it that we want? Well, we want as much time with our kids as humanly possible. Is that so, what money? So that that's what money gives me. I think the I yeah. think the money thing. There, there's a stigma about money, just because the word money for some reason in our vocabulary has become somewhat evil. But to me, it's more about what it means to you or what it offers you. You know, is it there for power? Is it there because you want to show off with the nicest car or house? Or is it there? I, I think can I help more people? Can I have more time with my family? In that instance, it's like, that's why I do feel like good people are blessed in that realm because whether you want to call it God or karma, right? It's like, if this person's going to do good things with this, they're going to be blessed, right? Because that can, that person can kind of be a vessel to help others. I have a very strong feeling that you're very much like that. That's nice. So you right? say, I, I believe, I believe that. Well, I, if you're running after people with burkas on <laughs> to like hug them, <laughs> I think you're a really nice person. <laughs> it's just like, Hey, I love you. Welcome to Utah. No, but I, it, I believe I actually had that thought the other day that just struck me so, so vividly because I get scarce minded where I'm like, what if this all goes away? What if I don't have money tomorrow? What does that right. mean for me? You know, do you ever evaluate that for yourself? Like, but, but, that's the ADHD kicking right, in. But I'm I very snap, in the moment. <laughs> I, I snap I need back to be. in it and I say, no, it's never going anywhere because God knows right. I'm going to do good things with this. Like he knows that right. and I believe that. And so keeping that mindset open to money is always coming for me. And I think that's why I have had to do that work as well. Not only just facing that in my relationship and in kind of our surroundings. And people say things all the time, like kind of cutting him down or you know, kind of underhanding handedly not knowing they're the just passive jealous. aggressive stuff yeah not just knowing jealous. that we have this worked out right you don't need to worry about it yeah we've got it worked out and he's not the full-time dad although he really really is right we still have help and a babysitter because i knew just like i don't want to be home with my kids 24 hours a day seven days a week all the time and right. i need a break so does he Sure. And I think moving into that was took some time and understanding, but it was never like, oh, Andrew's going to quit his job and be the mom and the dad. That was never going to be healthy for us. And I, I knew that. I think if somebody made fun of like made fun of me passive aggressively that my wife made more than me, I'd pull like a hundred dollar bill out. Just be like, <laughs> you guys, that is really rude. And I'd like pat my eyes with it. Like, Please stop saying mean things about me. <laughs> like dumb and dumber, like he's blowing his nose with <laughs> wad a hundred dollars. Anyway, sorry. I just that's what was going on in my brain when you were saying that stuff. It's so funny because his <laughs> his buddy the other day was like, I know when I call Andrew, he's going three places. Take Lolly to dance, jazz game, take one of the boys to baseball. <laughs> like he's got three places he's on his way to. And I love that for him. Right. I'm so glad he gets to do that. And he still has, he's still, I mean, he, he's in California right now. He's still got a solar company up and running. Like he's an entrepreneur. He sure. needs that still. And so we make that work, but I'm grateful we have this time freedom and we could not have this without money. Right. Yeah. Well, 
one of my favorite books of all time is called The Go-Giver. Have you read it? I haven't. Okay, you need to. So Dang it. it is, I love, you would love that I book. I feel like I've read everything. So I've got a couple for you. We'll hit okay, you great. on. So The Go-Giver, it's five laws of stratospheric success. That's what it's whole, the precept is. And the first law is you always provide more value than payment you, you take in return. And so as you love. talk as you talk about like the love of money or doing stuff like worrying about not having it, your actions are not one that is focused on money. You are focused on creating value for people. I know you well enough to know that this is true of you. And so as you talk about worrying about it being there, the fact that you are first focused on helping other people. I mean, look at everything that you've done and providing that value. And then you've trusted that the monetary, the money will follow. And so that's kind of where you put your focus, which is also, I think, gives you the confidence that it's not going to go away because you know, no matter what you can create value for someone. It might not be in the job or the business or the company that you're with, but you can pivot tomorrow and do something else. And you know that you can be valuable to people. Yep. You know, I love that. And so as you're talking about that, it just kind of clicked that if you focus on the right things, yeah, money is a great, you know, result of the value, but you focus on the value first and then everything else will just kind of follow with it. Totally. So, well, we had that little, we had a lesson in church the other day. We have a big time. I don't know what he is, I guess, accountant or something like that. I think he does kind of what you do, like a wealth management type guy. And he had a bunch of studies up as far as like what amount of money creates happiness. And, and then at what point does it not make a difference? And it was really interesting. It said, you can be pretty much completely happy with $75,000 a year. You get gradually more happy up to one fifty. This is fascinating. But past that, nothing changes, right? So everything, the money itself, right, having more than $150,000 a year doesn't change anything. Other things change things, right? But the money itself doesn't. And it was almost kind of like, it kind of gives you a reality check because it's like if you if you make a certain amount of money, it's like, well, I guess I don't, I can still be happy if I don't have this much, right? But it also gives you kind of something to work towards as far as, because I think what he was explaining was time was the biggest thing that Made people money happy. offered people, right? It offered them time to be a part of their kids' sports, right? Like, I love that I can go to, like, daddy-daughter day at school and, well, it's not daddy-daughter day anymore because that's politically incorrect. Oh. Right? Yeah, can you? It, no, what is it now? Not. It's just, like, guest day. Like, because <laughs> some people don't have dads, right? Or yeah. some people, and, and I kind of get I that. I get that. And so it's, but I love that. Guest day. We yeah. need a cuter name. <laughs> right. Let's rebrand them. I think it's something better than that. <laughs> like, bring a person for free donuts day because it's just donuts, but. Um, but yeah, and I, I think according to what he was showing us, that is what money does for us. But the more and more you make kind of like you were to your point, you just keep spending more. Like, I think we all spend the same percentage of the money that we make. Yeah. right? And we do realize that things don't make us happy. It's the people and the time and the connection. And, and I think helping others is what makes people happy. So. So yeah, I thought that that was a really interesting lesson, especially up in Highland. <laughs> I was looking around, I'm like, 
Well, there's some people that are not agreeing with this. <laughs> I think we think, I love that because I think back to our money stories, like I think I've been thinking a lot about this too, is that when we didn't have money, I thought we would be happy and we wouldn't argue about money once we had money. Right. But that that still happens. Oh yeah. And we have money. Like it It's just about Ferraris now, not like it, shoes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I get just as annoyed that we spend so ridiculously. Right. As I did when we had nothing. Sure. So it's I it kind of I think about this journey with self love and how you how we think, oh, well, I'll love myself when I have a successful business or I'll love myself when I get married or I'll love myself when I have a baby or when I'm skinny or this, that, or the other. Our money is the same. You know, it's a practice just like anything else where we we don't suddenly get good at managing it when we have it, at least for us. And it to me, money also brings its own set of problems. Like for me, I'm not saying that I make a ton of money. I own one little barbecue restaurant, but I make enough to to have time you're a big deal is that a weight comment i hope or? you know that <laughs> no kidding. oh my gosh <laughs> politically correct all over the place um but my biggest concern is my kids right because you hear the term wealth skips a generation it's because i think it's easier for people that have time to just make things easy on their kids so that's always my big concern is you know how, how do I, I was blessed to have, I, I was pretty spoiled as a kid, Oh, but until, but once my parents got divorced, I was still pretty young. I was still in high school. Like all of that was gone. And so I had to figure out pretty quick, but I look at, I look back at that as a huge blessing because I started knocking doors. I started painting addresses on curbs. I started just doing whatever I could to make money. And I think that that really benefited me. So it's like, how do I give that same experience to, to my kids? So making more money gives us more time and gives us some really cool freedoms and blessings, but it also the whole little, you know, more money, more problems thing. There are some tests that come with it too, right? Yeah. So, I I'm still struggling that with, with my kids, right? Because I want to make their life Great. easy. Just now Andrew texts me, should I get Jude some catcher stuff? I'm like, how much is it? $350. He's been borrowing it from his coach. Right. And he can keep doing that. But my the mom and me is like, of course, yeah, get him the thing. Get him the catcher stuff. Right. But I struggle. I So I don't have an answer there. I'm it's hard. I'm just hard. with you. I, it's hard. Because I want to give him the world, but then they're worthless. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we talked a lot about live that with our guests. Like 45. Exactly. I don't it's know. something we talk a lot about with our guests, right. you know, and they talk about giving them leadership opportunities or, you know, providing them just little things. Like with my boys, I cash wanted to be an entrepreneur this summer. So he started a garbage can cleaning. So he goes after, (laughs) you know, after garbage day and we got a pressure washer and my two boys are at pressure washing garbage cans, you know, just little things like that. I think that you teach them the value of work, Yeah. but more than anything, what I want to instill in my kids is confidence that they can do anything. That's the number one thing I want my kids to have is confidence. Because I think if you're a confident person, you can achieve anything. Um, but I want to know more about your business. Okay. I don't I don't really know what your business is. I have an idea <laughs> of what your business is, but I wanna I wanna get down to the nitty-gritty of what your business is. <laughs> I was like, I need to practice like a because I do a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, my main I would say source of income is actually doTERRA, which is network marketing, which I never 
in a million years saw myself doing. How refreshing is it that she is the way that she is and she's a network marketer? <laughs> you would never know that. No, and that's what's so great because, you know. If, but it, but I see it. And like you were saying earlier, is it's helping people. I, I love them. They've elevated my life, my health. They give me tools at home to help my family, my kids when they're sick, when they're healthy, when they're anxious, when they're worried, when they're sad. I have things I can use every single day to make our life easier. And I share that gift with other people. And so it's just like what you were saying. When you are helping others and you're adding value, you don't have to constantly with network marketing, take, 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 take. Just show them that their life can be better. Were you into oils before you were introduced to doTERRA? Yeah, I bought oils from Lisa Higginson. Remember her in Rockwell? Anyway. No. Wow, Andrew. Rude. Um, (laughs) Ten years ago, I didn't start building a business until five years ago. I mean, it took me that long to really, I mean, it was a hard pass. No thanks. Not doing it. Gross for years. And so, yeah, I was using them and just loving them. And I'm a natural sharer. I mean, I just love to share my favorite workout pants or my favorite, you know, it's girls are just like workout that. Pants? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lulu, Lane you love Bryant. Lulu. <laughs> they make some great so, stretchy pants that fit me. Yeah. So now we have a team of over 10,000 women and families. Ba- basically all women. That's yeah. a little sexist. Yeah. Did you do that? You can join. Did you do it intentionally? <laughs> no, I think that's just who I attract. That's just for the sure. audience I attract. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's men in there. Women just help each other out better. That like they're yeah. more natural shares. We it's talked been, about it, it earlier with social media. It's been so fascinating because we've had a lot of women, you know, in here like Susan and Susie and Rena. Kim and Rena, and it like they have their followings are so much more like loyal. And loving, mm-hmm. like men were just like we puff our chest out. It's like, oh, here's my followers. I mean, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, I don't like him. Or you know, you see another dude in a, in a restaurant, like I could kick his ass. <laughs> I know I could. But girls are just like, oh, she's so cute. I mean, girls can be a little bit, you know, they can get the claws out once oh, in a while. They've got claws. But, don't be. But don't I be think when deceived. it comes to like, you know, you building your business and seeing so many people attracted to it, I don't. I, I feel like men aren't. We don't do that for each other as much. Yeah. Which so is has that sad. been has DoTerra has that been your main focus then on the business side? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I wouldn't say. I would say. I would say main focus, except Jenna's Kitchen is a close second. They really partner, and so with Jenna's Kitchen, I work with brands, and I make money that way. So we have affiliate partnerships and different brands that we create content for, and so overall, I call myself a content creator. Um, and that's how I make, you know, our income, but it's really partnered with and married to doTERRA. So our team there. So I build and work with women who are trying to build a business as well. So, um, Hmm. a lot of mentorship, leadership, stuff like that. How did you get over the stigma of the network marketing thing, especially here? Oh yeah. It's so bad here. It's so bad here. And you know, I, Everyone, I think everyone should try it, right? Uh, everyone. Like, I, I've tried it. I tried it What'd back in the try? day. What did I try? So I did... Uh, we tried one when we were at Rockwell. Not... What'd you try? One of the juices. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. What was and it? Jenna's done. Jenna was uh, the Rodan in Fields. Oh, did she like it? No. Okay. Why? <laughs> she loved the product. She hated talking about it. Okay. 
Yeah, that, it's so now she's a puppy breeder. That's what I hear. <laughs> now she's a dog did, pimp. Did you figure out what you sold? Or it was to? what's what's the health side of New Skin? New Skin has their I don't know other side. I have no idea. Anyways, it was that, and um, and yeah, I mean, I think that the key to I think network marketing in a lot of places in the world, it is like the premier way to do business. Like it's not looked at the way that it is here. Door to door sales is very similar. I did that for nine years. And a lot of people are just like, oh, you're one of those guys. And it's like, uh, yeah, I work five months a year. I make great money. And yeah, it sucks. But I learned a lot. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for door to door sales. And so you try knocking doors. It's not. Oh, it sucks. I think that's what gets convoluted, right? It's like seems like easy work, right? Because you only worked five months out of the year. But you are busting your balls 12 hours a day in the hot sun, knocking and going into people's houses that are hoarders and I mean, the story is hotter inside than it is outside. Just dog poop on the ground in the living room, and and he's like stepping over it. And I'm like, these are people. And they pass credit. Live in this world. What the crap? You pay your bills, but you don't pick up the dog poo in your house. Yeah, Yeah. you got good credit. No, you're right. Sign here. And I think a lot of MLMs probably the same way. A lot of the bad stories you hear about it are people that just couldn't cut it. They quit, they come home, and I they say, that, like, yeah. it's so dishonest, and <laughs> I'm not knocking doors. It's against my religion. And they, ought, they act but like they're, like, morally above it. They just don't want to admit that they couldn't hack it, uh-huh. right? And MLM is probably the same way, just like, oh, you're just taking advantage of people or whatever. I'm like, no, you're not. A lot of times, most of these network marketing companies make really great products. It's just a different way to distribute it's just a different product. way. We have no problem going to the gas station and getting a candy bar and giving the guy money and saying goodbye. <laughs> exactly but right. women in network marketing especially have such a problem. Like it's dishonest or bad for me to say, here is a product that I love. Now you should buy it. Right. And money is just energy. It's just an energy exchange. And so I'm giving you this gift of the oils that I know are going to change your life. I think loving your product is essential. I think essential. people do That's what I was get say into too. network marketing not really liking it, just wanting the money. Too people, too many people just want the money. That's hard 100%. to talk about. What if you didn't like barbecue? What if yeah, you actually hated it? Not a chance. But you know, it's very obvious. What if you I didn't like money and you you try to teach people to manage <laughs> theirs? It wouldn't even make sense. So I do think you have to start there. But I think people have such a hard time with the energetic exchange of money. They just they can't. The transaction is is difficult for them, and especially with oils, it's a transformation. It takes time. Right. To get people to that place where they'd say, I want to live healthier. So how, how have you been so successful? I mean, 10,000 people, it's a, it's a pretty big organization. I mean, was it pretty fast? Did you start out slow and then something happened and kind of spiked? Or it's just kind of been like a steady growth since you started? It's been steady growth. I think, I think when I first started, I think you tap into that war market and it's kind of hot. And that's when people die off is when it's not hot. And the last year I've had to get really innovative. And like you've talked about pivot. It used to be that I could post online. You should buy this and 15 people would. It's not that case anymore with the algorithm and the way that people are taking in so much content all day, every day. They don't care what you're selling. They do, but they have to be told over and over and over again. And some people are not willing to do that. And that's why I want you to do your social because people have to be told over and over again. I need to go get some meat. They forget. Yes, they do. They forget. All of us are ADD in a way. It's like we're on to the next thing and we forget. But they they want the oils. They've just forgotten. 
That is 100% true because I can absolutely quantify posts to customers. Like, it's funny. If I'm, if I'm somewhat consistent one week, the next week I will see a jump in sales. Mm. And, it, and it's just about staying out in front of them. And that's totally because you know, there's so many choices and you're exactly right. Well, and I think it helps like when you talk about oils, there is, and I think this is a parallel with every guest we've had, like pretty much every successful person we've had in here has just been very passionate about what they do. Like hearing Rena talk about perk, like I still like to listen back to that because it's almost like, it's like calming to listen to her talk about it because of just like how much she believes and loves her own product. That's awesome. And that is a huge part of it because at that point, you're not selling me anything, right? You're just sharing a belief with me. Exactly. And it's like, man, look at how she feels about this. Like, I got to try this, right? (laughs) Then you put some lavender on. You're just like, oh, this smells good. I need this in (laughs) my life. And so do you. And and it just goes from there. Totally. And that's what I've come to know is that these, the lavender is just this gift, this tool for when my neighbor has a sick child and I get to bring them something, I get to give them something that helps or, you know, touch people. We don't touch people anymore. We're so afraid of this connection. And I think that it gives me a a natural helper tools to help people and, and to help women change their own money story and to find financial success. And that text from a girl saying, I just bought my husband dinner is like, fills me to the, brim because it's something they could have never dreamed of is having their own $25. I mean that, that changes the world. I think is people believing in themselves. Right. I, I 100% agree. And that's, I think that's a really cool thing that you're doing because that's, it's making me, what I'm thinking about right now is how much I need to start. (laughs) So I come from a big oil family. So my mom owns her own oil company. She's been in it. She was with doTERRA way back in the day. That's cool. And then she just, she had her own idea of how to do it. And she started, it's called Camp Wander. So she does all of her own oils and salves. And so I've got a lot of witch doctors in my family. So we have, we have a lot of oil in our house. So um, I just lost my, oh, but what I was thinking when you were talking like that is, do you ever joke, Andrew, I'm asking you this, do you ever joke like at home, I do this all the time, like my kids will say, this is my ice cream, I'm like, well, technically it's my ice cream, like oh, yeah. I bought it, like I even joke like that with my wife and it made me realize like I need to not do that, right, just because I would one, I would so much rather do what I do for a living than be a stay-at-home. Like her job is so much harder than mine. She deserves way more money than I get. So yeah, I need to be more aware of because hearing you tell those stories, like of how important it is for women to feel like they have their own thing. Like I don't ever want my wife to feel like what's you know what's mine isn't hers and vice versa. Well, when you get into the financial side and what money can do to a family, I for mean, sure, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of that, right? On right. what it can and what it can't do. And people's relationship with it is weird. It's a really weird thing. And people are so uncomfortable talking about it. Where does that come from? Like people would so I, much, like so much, they'd rather talk about their sex life than their amen. financial situation. That's true. Which is weird, you know? Very weird. But it's true. Um, I would rather hear about your money situation than your sex life. <laughs> yeah. Or both. I'd just <laughs> rather have a sex life, personally. <laughs> but 
Let's start there. That one might Let's have to be edited. Let's start there. <laughs> we'll see. This will be the test to see if my wife's really supporting our podcast or not. <laughs> she actually hears that yeah, part. Yeah, because if like one day I look over a week from now, she's just like, <laughs> she's listening. Yes. Um, I don't did, know where that comes from. Uh, Childhood. That, uh, maybe. I don't. Culture, I, I don't know. It's weird. It is. It's People are super weird with that stuff. Well, I think I it's even, getting better because I think we're getting better. I agree. You know, we're talking about it more. I right. feel. I think the conversation in general is over. talked about it. Yeah. Right. Well, in, in my family, I'd make fun of my dad all the time. It was it was his money. I mean, he had his drawer of like his cereal, his cookies, his ice cream. It's like, you don't touch that stuff. I understand that. <laughs> Let's look at when my kids get like my expensive yeah. enlightened like ice cream. I'm like... <laughs> Go freaking eat. Like, locking when freezer. my girl's like eating my like protein bars that are like yeah. $2 a pop and they take one bite and throw in the garbage. I'm like, stop. You're good to go bars? Yes. Yeah, that's what I, I feel I'm when like, my kids eat stop? my good to go bars. I'm like, that's two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> and you take one bite and I'm like, well, that's better than the fruit snack you're going to eat, but you're going to waste it. Yeah, they don't appreciate it. How did you overcome like the stigma of like personally like and this might be a really ignorant question, so call, go ahead and call me out on it. But like when I think of the the prototypical or the stereotypical MLMer, it's like I call him that guy. Yeah. Who's like kind it's of like in the your Vivint face, guy. huh? It's like the Vivint guy. Yeah. The, every every that. industry, my industry has that guy, and I hate that guy. Right. I've golfed with a few of those guys. Yes, you have. For <laughs> sure, you have. But like, how do you overcome not being that person? And like, as more importantly, as you're introducing the business opportunity to people, is that one of their biggest fears or is that not? Anymore? Oh yeah. Everyone's afraid of alienating their friends and family. I mean, we all have that aunt that just won't shut up about it. Yeah. So you treat people how you want to be treated. And how do you feel when you're around that guy or that girl? You feel pretty crappy and you're annoyed and it's gross. So what I always say is you're, a product of the product and it's so much more powerful to just show and share how it's changing your life than it is to sell someone on something. It's like you said earlier about adding value is we do have to lead them to the sale or they're just going to go buy it from, you know, a grocery store and not understand its quality or understand that you need continued education to use things like this. Um, but in general, you're just sharing with them how it's changed your life and how, you know, how you're using it on a daily basis. But I think truly overcoming it is practicing over and over and over again and pushing through those limiting beliefs. I mean, I believe that network marketing is one of the strongest life schools you can ever attend because I have to face myself every minute of every day, whether it's online while I'm selling something or in a relationship with, you know, my business partners and women who are building businesses and dealing with their limiting beliefs and understanding them and showing compassion for them. It's, it is a work and a practice over and over and over again to overcome. And it's just not natural for me to be that person. So I've never really had struggled with being that way. Never worried about that necessarily. I mean, maybe I could worry about it, but I know I'm not that way. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other hard part about selling anything is especially nowadays feel like we all kind of like you were saying earlier like we don't connect enough right because i mean even if you really believe in the product you still have to kind of come out of your comfort zone to 
make that sale or or even do a party, right? Or invite people over to totally. show them, you know, show them what, you, what you've learned, what you love. But I think that it's important that I think with you, I would never feel like I'm being sold something with you. Just the way that you carry yourself and the way that you talk about what you do. Hence the success. You just love it. And I that's, just love it. I don't need to be, I don't need sales tactics to want to buy something from someone like you, right? Or if you believe the way that you do about your product. And so I think that that's a a huge part of it. And so, so yeah, it's, but that's, that's a harder thing to do, especially for, you know, we'll say stay at home moms that aren't really out, you know, we're, we're out in the world, right? We're selling every day, whether we think we are or not. Um, You know, if I'm, closing a catering deal that's selling right I do that every day so for for me it may not be as hard but for my wife doing the the mom thing it's every not day, it's, it's not natural to her not she's natural. not doing that on a daily basis and right. that's what's so funny is like I this last year hired a full-time like brand manager assistant and she works she's awesome and one day she looked at me, she goes, okay, so these women don't know it's a sales organization. That's, that's what's coming to, I'm understanding this. As she's learning, she's like, everyone wants to sell the oils, but they don't want you to think they're selling the oils. And it's this, right. da- it's this dance that like no one can keep up. Right. And I think detaching yourself from the outcome, I'm going to show you about these oils and I'm going to share them with you because I love them and I wholeheartedly believe that your life will be better with them, whether you buy them or not. And that doesn't create, I'm not tying up all my value and all my self-worth and whether or not you said bye now. So when you're, when you're doing these, I don't know how you present it or how you started, you know, I always think of the girls always call them parties, right? But let's just say that you've invited some people over to share the product. How much of that conversation is you sharing the product and how much of it is you sharing the business side of it? I like break down my classes. Like I do 30 minutes of education, 10 minutes on how to buy and five minutes on the business See, side. And that's to me, that's perfect. And I mean, that's people need to be in and out of there. Whatever the experience is, whether you're teaching online or teaching in person, they need to be in and out of there in an hour. Right. Time is something people don't create. These 100%. <laughs> and, and, and I think they want to come over and, and believe. And I think, the, the few MLM things that I've been invited to, it's just so much about like the opportunity. And I'm like, to me, that is the opposite of what it should be about. Like these, if, if the product makes your life better, then it's not really, yeah. you, you never really have to sell. You just have to educate, right? And, and, and share. Yeah. And it sounds like that's the way that you do it. And I was just reading on your website. I, I think you want, I'm going to brag for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> presidential diamond yeah i mean that's the tom brady of <laughs> oh boy of doTERRA like with- <laughs> rankings it's the top it's, the it doesn't get higher right that's the highest i mean you can keep going if you're crazy but right but and that's the there's thing no I, title no. above presidential diamond no. right there's nothing above the president right? <laughs> i mean you could do double presidential <laughs> so, diamond if you're uh, you know insane but and i mean uh, it's yeah, it's the top, technically, it's, it's yes. It's the top. I mean, yeah. that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, thank you. So that's, thank you. that's very, very cool. So my wife, Jenna, on the I could chat with you for a long time. Sorry, I know, we're just going. No, for this it, is awesome. Guys. But in the in thinking of time, 
Jenna made a comment this morning because she's like, do you know this about her? Do you know this about her? I'm she's like, the best. I'm like, no, no, good, good, good. Oh, I love her. But she called you something. She called you a social media humanitarian. Oh, that's so sweet. And it made me cry. The reason why is she brought up a couple things that I was aware of, but I want to talk to you about them because I know they're like near to your heart right now. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the postpartum course that you just came out with. Yeah. And I think it's another one of those things that people are scared to talk about as I squeak and hopefully, well, how did you get there? What, what, well, first off, tell people what it is. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's really hard work for me, which, you know, when we lay out our year of, you know, what we're creating content, it was high priority, low money. You know, we, we'd kind of put things in high priority, high money, high priority, low money, low priority, low money, you know, kind of divide things Mm -hmm. out. But this was high priority, low money. I never did it because I wanted it to be my next golden egg, but I did it because I believe it will save a life. And after having four babies myself, my fourth turning one in a couple weeks, I've been journeying through this myself this year and learning how to rediscover myself. And just like women want to have ownership over things, they need so much more support than our culture is willing to give them after a baby. They've just done this miraculous, incredible thing and it's not over. It's months and months and months of coming back to You're yourself. Just getting started. Yeah, it's worse. After, yeah, right. Like, yeah, you did the pregnancy, and then you did the year after, and then just I mean, breastfeeding just, alone yeah. is like kill me now. I'd lay in bed just <laughs> watching. I'm like, no thanks. That looks like torture. And and the mental stuff and the emotional stuff, and we we need to take better care of each other. And so this course leads them through six weeks of audio of my own journal of my own writings during that time. I interview experts from lactation consultants to sleep consultants to doctors, midwives, giving them information. You know, we spend so much time buying a crib and throwing showers and getting them pajamas, but no one talks about you know, what will happen to your body? Is it normal to feel this way? What do I do if I need help? You know, and setting up a postpartum care plan is more important than anything you can buy that baby. So that's kind of, it's a huge passion project for me. Um, I think it's so awesome. And I think it's so needed. Um, Where did it come from? Cause I mean, it, if I, if you look at Jenna's kitchen, you're so honest and you just express a lot of love, you know, especially for women, right? I guess it would be weird if you expressed a lot of love for men. Oh, no, I don't know. People. But people, right? People. But, but I there love is you definitely, guys. there is, love people. There's, there's definitely a, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, you really want to just help and show love towards women, especially. Like, where, where did that, where does that come from? Is there an experience in your life that just was like, I could have used this at this point. I want to be there for somewhere, you know, be there for somebody now or where does it come from? That I think just over, you know, I don't have sisters and I've always wondered if kind of that's where it started from. I'm also adopted. So I think from the beginnings of my life was kind of this lack this disconnect, right? As amazing as my parents are and wonderful and in creating connection. And I love them so dearly. Those initial birth experiences for me as a baby were that of disconnection. And, and, and I think all my life I've searched for who is like me. 
I am so different. I am not normal. I am not average. You know, I, I, you know, looking for all the ways that I don't fit in. And so I started to create places that I fit in. And that's, I believe everyone's a brand, whether you have a, you know, social media or not, you are a brand and you should know what your brand is about. Because when you do, you get to attract other people into your life that get it. They get you, you get them. And it's this awesome, amazing thing. And so I think I just was always searching for that. Well, you've created kind of a safe place, if you think about it, a place where people, because I don't think enough people share, you know, you throw on like workout clothes and you get on in your Instagram, you're just like, I'm like, look at my love handles. Yeah. It's like, I love myself no matter what. And it's, there's not enough people that, cause there's a lot of people feeling that way. Oh yeah. But if they don't have a place where they can go to be reminded that, Hey, you're great just the way you are, then are they ever going to feel great just the way they are? And so I think that that is, you really have created this awesome place where people can come and just, especially women, anybody to just feel like, Hey, all these things that I'm worried about and struggling with, like I can go and feel better about it right there and have somebody to share that with. And then to have a way to turn that into, it always sucks to add the word monetize, right? Like it's, it's not cause it doesn't do it justice, right? Like everyone, if you're putting yourself out there and you're helping people, you should be able to make a living from that. Yeah. Right. And value. It, it, it is value. It, it's sad that I have to be so worried about saying like, and you figured out a way to monetize that because that's not what you're doing it for. Yeah. And that's why you're so successful because nobody feels like you're just trying to make a buck off of them. Right. And well, I think it's about turning pain into purpose, right? Right. Is it's a great looking great it. at your life and saying, what was hard for me? What didn't I have? I'm going to create that for myself instead and of feeling others. sorry. And for others, instead of feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to go out and find a way. You know, we talk about Gary V every week on this podcast. I like, freaking love I, him. I'm new to him. He introduced, Andrew introduced him to me. Yeah, plug yours, but, but he's good. <laughs> not with me. That's fine. He, it's, I don't mind all I know, that. But, but I always recommend him to other people. It's like when you recommend the movie hard. and you're like, oh, I forgot. That. This is like, there's that part of the movie. <laughs> Texting them like, just so you know. <laughs> Heads up. It, yeah, that's Gary V for me. I'm like, love him. It, he Listen go, to him, he but warning. much. But it's... <laughs> He always talks about not posting for yourself. Yeah. You post for your audience. And from what I can see, that's all you post about, right? You are sharing your own personal experiences, but you are opening your life to others in order to help them, right? And, and man, you help them from the first step of maybe feeling better about yourself to, hey, now that you're feeling better or now that, you know, we're, we're done with the baby and maybe you know, some baby blues. Here's some great products that I love that help me. And if you believe in them after you use them, I'll show you a way to make a living. Like, I mean, point A to point B and everything in between. And that's, that's incredible. Thanks. So, yeah. That's so nice. I love the way you put that. We could spend so much time with this. Last thing I want to hit on. Okay. Is there anything that you, well, hold on. Where can they find the information on like the postpartum stuff? Like on oh. your course? Yeah, it's JennaRammel.com. Okay. And two M's, two there. L's. R-A-M-M-E-L-L. Uh, the course is there. We, all the blog, the blog content's all there. Um, you can be a part of my newsletter, which is my favorite thing. It's kind of like love letters every week to people. And I love 
I love being there in that space. It's kind of longer part of my captions. Instagram is probably the place I live the most. Jenna's kitchen. Okay. I just, it's really natural for me. I love being there. I love the community there. So, so the last thing I want to talk about is something you're doing right now on Instagram. And I think it is one of the best uses of social media that I've <laughs> seen. And I want you to talk about it with the teacher supplies with yeah. coming back to school. I think it is. Wait, what is this? So awesome. Let's have her tell it. Yeah, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, so I didn't make up the initiative. Yeah. You know, I kind of saw it uh, through a friend on Twitter, and I'm not on Twitter, but I... Why is no one on Twitter? Uh, I my, love Twitter. Okay, my husband's... But you're a sports fan, right? So my husband's but like obsessive about Twitter. I guess that's kind of... I, I don't think it's a girl place. Twitter's maybe. where sports lives. Yeah, well, maybe it, it's... Maybe girls are there, but I don't think they're they not are. like... Rena's not there. Perk's not there. Um, Johnson Files aren't there. I'm just like... It's I would all, still think it's a good place to think about our Twitter. It my my Twitter is jazz Twitter. Totally. Mine is that is hockey what I, and, ba- gets and Bachelor all in Paradise. <laughs> That's where it is for me. Bachelor in Paradise and and sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and news. I get a lot of you know. I think Twitter is where you get quick information, but but yeah, I, I just find it fascinating that yeah. all these social media behemoths aren't on Twitter. I know. I'm not there. Huh. You cannot find me there. Um. And I think that speaks to just going where your audience is too. Right, you right. know, like just point. don't waste your time if they're not there when right. my people aren't. So, but I did hear about this Clear the List initiative and it was, you know, Amazon's created a way to uh, have teachers create their own supply list. And what a lot of people do not understand is that in these Title I schools, in these places where they don't have money, they don't have a ton of government what's funding. A, what's a Title I school? Sorry. It means that I'd have to look it up to be sure, but I think it's like, 80% of the population are below poverty level. Okay. Um, I believe is the statistic. Right. I, I could, I am probably wrong, but it's the majority of the school. They don't have money. Um, like they don't come from money. So like any kind of money. So creating a supply list of like books and crayons and, and like that's kids can't come up with that. Like They're all the not stuff even, that we had to take to back to school yesterday. Right, exactly. Like I spent $200 at Target yesterday on uh-huh. back to school stuff. Like they're American families that cannot do that. Most so they're, can. yeah. So they're not, like, their kids aren't sent back with new clothing. Um, a lot of the time these teachers are bringing food to their classroom out of their own money because these kids come to school hungry. This is in our country. And I mean, teachers are being paid 30,000, 40,000, maybe 50,000. So they're buying a lot of their own supplies for their classrooms out of their own money. And so Amazon created this way to make lists. And so teachers have been sharing these lists and I just asked, Hey, like I'd love to share a few people's lists. And I just started, started sharing them. And then I shared on my feed a way that other people could share. And it's been amazing. I mean, we've fulfilled so many teachers lists and they've, Do you know how many I, I was have curious. no idea. I have no idea, but I was stopped at the gym today by someone who said, you shared my sister's list and she got 200 packages and her classroom's like not going to be the same. It's like amazing. And what's been the coolest part about it is- I didn't even know about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, there are, so yeah, a large concentrate, a title one school is a school that federally gets federal funds because a large concentration of the students there are below the poverty line. And- it's a, look how many there are just in Utah. Yeah. A lot of them have I mean, free breakfast programs that you can volunteer for because kids, that's the, that's why and they, they feed them through the summer because that's the only hot meal that they get is 
This isn't our state. Right. And so, um, but what I think the coolest part about it has been, you know, someone with 400 followers, just their friends will DM me and say, Hey, can you share this list? And I was like, Hey, can you share it? And watching them be brave and share it anyway, even though they feel they have no influence and fulfilling this list, like it makes me emotional because we have so much power and so much more of a voice than we even understand. And so I feel like I get all this attention and all these, this like hoopla around my hundred thousand followers or whatever it is these days. 150, but go ahead. I think it's like 130, (laughs) but still it doesn't matter if you aren't showing up in the things that you believe in. It doesn't matter. Well, and, and to your point earlier, it's, it's not, we forget that social media isn't the only way to share. Yeah, but you can, and women are, and people and men and whoever are fulfilling these lists with their friends right. and their family. It's texting your friends and saying, hey, I'm trying to fulfill this teacher's list because it's important to me. Will you make it important to you? If you have good friends, they're like, heck yeah. Well, what's so cool I'm ordering 10 things off the list. You see the good that yeah. people have because it's really easy to watch the news, to listen to what's going on. And you just hear the bad. Yeah. But when you see all of these people willing to donate and some of them, it's easier than others. Some of them, that might be the last five bucks they had to their name, but they're, but they're going to throw it at this teacher because they know how impactful that teacher is on all their kids. I mean, like last night we were walking through and meeting all of these teachers and I'm just looking at them like, you guys are angels. I mean, the fact that you're willing to sit here with all of these kids, but my kids couldn't wait to go back and visit all of their old teachers because they love them. Yeah. And the fact that they are so underpaid and that we have to bring all of the supplies, we're happy to do it. But to your point, obviously it's not happening everywhere. Right. You know? And so there's people are good. Like people are, people are just good. They just, they need help reminding it. I love that you use your platform to allow, to give people the chance to be good. Right. You're just inviting people to be good. And I love that. That's kind of how you, how you have been able to use what you built. It's like, thanks. It's really important to me. It's, you know, it's funny because two weeks, it's not funny, but two weeks ago when the shootings happened is when I started this, like I was so hopeless and crying and I was like, how can I send my kids to school next week? And there's no hope for our country and they're going to get shot just being alive you know, that's what their fate is. And I just felt so, so much despair over that. And it goes back to what I was saying is turning pain into purpose. And I said, you know, I can get online and I can get political about this and I can get crazy and I can create all this tension in a Facebook comment pod, or I can freaking go out and make a difference and do something. And that's what I'm choosing to do instead. See, and that's the sad part. But the first thing that you said, that's what they want. Like that's what the news wants. You know, it's like, they want us all to just get up in arms and bites. get pissed and be divided. Yep. And and what you just said is so spot on. It's like when you see pain to purpose is I want to put that like on my wall. Cause I mean I've always said our trials are our greatest blessings, you know? And in a sense that's exactly what pain to purpose is. But it's like when you see something bad happen, just go out and flip Change the script. It. Flip the script. Well, and do something, and do about something it. good. Like take action. And you know, the better the schools are, the more that that's just gonna that's our future right that, there that, these kids. that will eliminate a lot of the problems that we're seeing well and to your point like don't worry about your followers right everyone has their thing my favorite poem is the one that the kid throwing the starfish back in the ocean yeah and it's like 
some guy comes up like, do you know how many of those there are? You're never going to get to all of them. He's like, nope, but I got to that one. Made you a know? difference. Right. And so you, we can do that. Well, but. there's so many of us. Like, I didn't even know about Clear the List. Because that, I okay, also think it's important. Okay, will you Clear the List important. if I send you a link? Done. 100%. <gasps> really? I'm the guy that buys awesome. like 10 books at the book fair that the teacher on has on the list. Yes. Uh-huh. You'll share of it? Of course okay, I will. Awesome. I need stuff to share anyway because I suck awesome. at social media. Okay, I'm going to send you it today. I'm so excited. And I'll share it on Twitter. I'll oh show gosh. you proof that Twitter is <laughs> somewhat bad. worthwhile. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's important to give people ways to help, even if it's small. You know, like one starfish. It's, I remember going to the book fair last year and, and my daughter's teacher had some books that he wanted for the class. And I'm like, one of the goosebumps. Bumps books was like five dollars and it's like a college kid could do that you know yeah. like buy a book for a class or buy some crayons or so yeah that clear the list thing that's cool i it's, didn't even know about it well i think about it and i see these pictures of these packages showing up and someone who donated five dollar markers and that the love and the energy that those markers now have in them for sure what it, it shows the teacher they matter it shows the school that they're supported from some other state or country. I mean, people around the world were getting involved in this, it, and it was our country. And it shows the students that someone somewhere cares about them to right. donate these markers when they may they most likely do not feel that at home. I mean, that's the stuff that matters. See, I could really get behind the meals thing. You know, being a restaurant. Yeah, you got to get like involved. There's lots of like that around that, here. That is, I think that that's super important too because. We forget about that. You know, the ADHD thing, that's a big deal. Like diet is like the kids yeah. that have it. Yeah, they If need they don't get the right milk. stuff, yeah. it's it affects them more than the neurotypical brain kids, right? See how I'm using that word now? There you go. That's right. Not the normal kids. <laughs> normal kids are boring. I, I want hyper ADD kid. kids. But no, you don't. <laughs> we don't want you to be normal because look how great you are. So... So, yeah, anyway, I think that it's a really cool thing. I just typed in clear the list, and it goes for days on Google. Well, There are a lot of them out there. Jenna, thanks for your time today. Thanks. This was awesome. Thanks, yeah, there, I feel like we there's so much more we could talk about. There we got to so have much. you back again. Pu- can I? Yes. I oh, love that. 100%. You got to bring your husband next oh, time, Oh, he, yeah, he's awesome. Like, it would just... He would be honored to be here. That would be really cool. It would be fun. 